Okay, first of all, even before we kind of jump into the the reason I get to talk to you today, I always like to just do a wellness check with people when I talk, because this year just seems increasingly insane. So how are you doing just on a personal level? Uh, that's very kind of you. I'm doing, I'm doing good, doing better than I was, I guess, 15 weeks ago, when, you know, work from home sort of started and the entire production became something completely different. Um, I'm doing better these days, although I am like pretty, you know, nervous and alarmed at like recent events, especially since we all live in LA, but you know, say la vie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here in Georgia too. So it's, um, basically just been staying inside <laughs> just been kind of bunkered and hunkered down. Yeah. A lot of that. Is, uh, is working on something like amphibia. I mean, I would imagine at the best of times, it really takes a lot of focus and creative energy. Is it nice to have that kind of escape from the real world every once in a while? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that like, uh, it's been really great to be able to kind of throw throw ourselves into our work. There was a lot of, you know, when all this stuff started happening, we really tried to encourage our team to take vacation, take mental health uh, days. And it was a little bit surprising how many people were like, I think I just need to like keep doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for as long as I can. <laughs> but looking back over the last year, actually, I think the last time we spoke was almost exactly a year ago, but it was before season one of Amphibia came out. So just focusing on the show, how's the reception been? How's the reaction been uh, since the last uh, the last time we talked? Oh, yeah. I mean, the reaction has been great. And like, uh, I read everything, like, and I do mean everything. Like, I've read like every YouTube comment, every weird, like, and it's crazy, too, because when the when the show first came out, I wasn't used to dealing with that kind of like, uh, volume yeah. of feedback. So it was like, you'd show you know i i get executive notes and i get notes for my crew but now like you know i i have like five thousand comments to read and i'm like i don't know that all of these are constructive you know what I mean? <laughs> definitely <laughs> but like yeah no the reception has been really great i think people really like the characters and they like the show and i'm excited to kind of like season two sort of like doesn't address or respond to certain criticisms i've i've read but like it's definitely a more kind of like story focused, adventure focused season. And I'm really excited for people to see it. Definitely. Uh, in reading all those comments, which I mean, you're braver than I am uh, for the most part, because I try to stay away from them <laughs> as much as possible. Um, were there any fan reactions that maybe either caught you off guard or made you look at your own, you know, creation in a different light or, and then taking that a step further, did that, did that change anything with the story going forward? Yeah, absolutely. So like, and this is like a little bit like broader. Yeah. But, you know, when I was um, working on Gravity Falls, for example, and I'm like, in 2012, uh, the landscape was so different. And um, uh, I feel like an audience doesn't have the same uh, uh, kind of patience for storytelling that they used to in the sense that it's like, these days I feel like, and I'm guilty of this as well, I'm not just like the audience, the audience, but like, uh, you know, when I watch something, I'm like, okay, what do you got? What do you got? Mm, cool, cool, cool. And like, move on. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of kind of like, our attention spans have never been shorter. And the quality of the content, like, has never been better. Yeah. And when you combine those two things, you end up with like, so much like, amazing stuff that feels like nobody's like, uh, watching it. Um, it's a really unique feeling and a really unique time that we're in. It's interesting, too, because, you know, shows like yours where I just kind of want to every once in a while, I just pause it and I just look at a frame and I just like I love to just look at all the little things that are in the background. I love to look at the design of the different characters you have, because like you said, you know, shows, they have to have a quicker pace these days, too. 
you got to kind of get to that next beat and make sure you're not losing people. But then at the same time, you have the fans who are like super dedicated and they will stop and they will dig into the lore and they will write full on Wikipedia articles about all that stuff. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, to get more specific though, yeah. I will say if there's a comment that I wasn't expecting, it was how many people were like upset that she only had one shoe. I, I was just like, whoa, this is like a thing. It's like a thing that I wasn't, like a phobia. You know what I mean? That I yeah. wasn't expecting. I had no idea. It seems like one of those things where it's like, it's always going to be in the back of their head. And they're just like, she, yeah, she needs to find that shoe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, I had no idea there was such passion for this subject material. Yeah, really. I, I'm sure it's just one of those things that like, it keeps drawing their attention to it. So it's just like that little mind splinter that to just like, one day she'll find that shoe. The crazier they get. Yeah. Cool. So uh, again, the last time we talked, it's kind of interesting the way these parallel, because when the show initially launched, you had already had a season two order. So that was, you know, kind of nice to know that you, you know, you had more stories to tell. And now as we're talking again today, ahead of the season two launch, you have a season three order. So congrats on that. Thank you. But you mentioned this earlier when we talked, uh, how has kind of the state of the world affected your production? Did you guys have to make any big changes or just stay kind of flexible and light on your feet to, to get everything done? Yeah, uh, the latter. I think that like what this new uh, situation demanded most of all was flexibility. I think that was, there There, there came a, a, an interesting kind of like a bottleneck with the showrunners where essentially like we're, we're missing so much equipment and we're kind of losing some of the safety nets for quality control that we normally would have. Um, this is like a little bit more insidey, but like, here's a good example. There's a, there's a step in production where about 20 people get in a room and they watched the high res episode on like high quality speakers. And we all watch it together just to make sure there's like nothing crazy, like at the end, but you know, that's so hard to do from home. Like we have these apps and we have certain equipment that's supposed to help us. But at the end of the day, you have 20 fragmented people all kind of like piping in ostensibly watching the same thing but nobody is really sure so i feel like there's a little bit more like faith this time like when we deliver episodes i'm like that probably looks great you know what i mean like right. um but so there there is there is sort of a mentality that had to change when we were making the show especially for me because i'm very controlling of just like some of this stuff you know what if it's gonna air this summer like it's gotta go a little bit yeah Interesting. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's good that you guys already had season one kind of like on the books and done and you had gone through that process and you probably refined it a little bit and, and you found what worked for your process. And then to kind of get hit by this, that, that everybody was. Yeah. But at the same time, when I talk to folks in animation, they say, you know, they're, they're thrilled to be working in animation at this time because you still have that ability to work from home a little easier than a live action production. So I guess that's the plus side of it, too. That is a huge plus. I mean, honestly, it's amazing. Like we're at full production, the show's coming out. Like right. I had my doubts at the beginning, but we, every problem that we encountered, we eventually found a solution or we found another fail safe. You know what I mean? That yep. kind of kept it. And I think there was just a lot of like in those first uh, couple of months, uh, a lot of kind of prodding in terms of like, will this work? Will that work? And I think like, like I'm so proud of our team for being able to deliver this show and that it's airing this summer because it's, pretty much like a miracle from where I'm sitting. Yeah, and I hope fans appreciate that too, that like Hollywood really hasn't missed much of a step. I mean, with the exception of movie theaters, definitely animation hasn't really missed a step. Like stuff is still being delivered on time and as expected. And it feel it feels nice because it's a 
it feels like not everything in the world has changed. Like we can still count on like great new shows coming out and great new seasons. Totally, totally. No. And like, man, do we need the content right yes. now like, to take <laughs> us to a happier place? <laughs> and a happy place. Amphibia goes to a happier place in season two uh, without getting into any spoilers. So to me, season one, it had kind of an overall theme. It felt very, uh, it felt like exploration because we have Anne who's, who, you know, literally falls into this magical new world. And a lot of it is about introducing that world and your characters to the audience for the first time. Well, now we know those characters pretty well. We know the kind of the, the small area that they live in. So what can you maybe tease about season two and, and the broader themes uh, to come? Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. You know, I mean, season one was really to endure you to the characters and make their relationships super clear and super tight so that you could take those bonds, those relationships outside the valley on this bigger adventure. You know what I mean? So if season one is exploration, season two is adventure. There's active adventure, active exploration of the world at large. Like we're going uh, out of the valley. We're traveling to all these different locations, meeting lots of different characters. And I think it's the sort of kind of like active approach um, to looking for a way to get Anne home um, that people should be really excited about. Definitely. It kind of reminded me, I had a chance to check out the premiere. Uh, it reminded me of if you're reading a fantasy book and then, you know, you open the cover and you've got that map of the known world. And then you read the next book that comes out and that map got a lot bigger. So how was, how was that for you and your creative team of getting to expand that world and really explore these different areas? It was very, very creatively like liberating. You know what I mean? Like in the first uh, season, we did have some diversity of yeah. environments where it was like, it's snowy now or like, you know, but like now truly we can go to a giant volcano. Like we could go anywhere. We can go to a forest with giant mushrooms that are completely different shapes, like kind of brain shapes that glow in the dark. You know what I mean? Like we've been able to draw so much from nature and really design new locations that will feel completely different from anything you've seen in season one. And like a huge focal point is this big city that they're making their their way towards, which is really kind of like our Gondor, you know what I mean? It's our, our center, our hub for this entire world. And like, I can't wait for people to kind of explore the city. You have a ton of really cool imagery throughout the entire series. Uh, and we talked, I think a little bit about sort of your inspiration. Obviously the, the trips to Thailand were a big part of the inspiration. And then you mentioned a city like Gondor. So what were kind of your inspiration anchors for uh, designing this new city that we're going to see in season two? Um, so you'll see, I'm trying to think, oh, I think you can kind of see it in some of the, the materials that have already been released. But uh, uh, the city is very like uh, um, seaside infused. Mm. So like when you get there, you'll be able to even hear the ocean waves and the kind of seagull analogs that we've got in the world. It really feels like you've gone to a completely different location. And like, not to give anything away, but like when the characters are walking through those city streets, it feels different and it's really exciting. I think that for Newtopia specifically, you know, we looked at, because of the kind of story we were telling, we really looked at old cities like Rome and Venice, cities that have such, you know, such a history and like are sort of worn down now and now have something else kind of built on top of it. That's sort of what we were looking to bottle up for Newtopia. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that because it adds a depth of, of time to the world. It's not just, we didn't just drop on a pond and they happen to, you know, make, uh, this is how they live, but there's like a history to this world too, which is really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that because I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, 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 it's it's fun. 
Um, and then speaking of other series, Disney series, which you are quite familiar with, uh, that kind of open up the world and the mystery and the lore as seasons go on. So when season two launches, you guys get to be part of uh, Disney Channel's, they have a new Saturday night block of uh, animation. So you get to be there. New episodes of Big City Greens, The Owl House, but as far as I know, season two of Amphibia actually has a special homage to another Disney show. So what can you talk about the Or Gravity Falls episode and also the guest appearance uh, from Alex Hirsch? For sure. I can't say too much about it right now, but what I will say is two very familiar faces will be showing up in a way that nobody is expecting. That's a good tease. There you go. Uh, speaking of guest stars, though, you guys, you had great guest stars and a core cast in the first season. You've got another incredible list of guest stars in season two, and I want to give you a chance to talk about them, but I'm most curious about Kermit the Frog. And uh, it makes sense to have Kermit the Frog here, but also I'm like, how are you How are you going to get this character in your show? Can you tease anything about that? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, um, I know it makes for a crazy headline. When I read like that uh, deadline article, it was like season three green light, Kermit the Frog and George Takei to guest star. And I was like, what universe is this? Like, <laughs> it's amazing. yours, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah apparently. Um, so uh, the the whole idea of a Muppet, like being an actor, being a voice actor, was really something that was um, spearheaded by the Houghton brothers, who are the the EPs and creators of Big City Greens. Yeah. And it's super funny because like, I used to work on Big City Greens. I was directing for them for a little bit. And uh, they kept pitching me the idea. They were like, what if Fozzie came in? But get this, it was Fozzie Bear and he was an actor. And I remember just being like, I don't really get it, man. <laughs> But like now here we are and Kermit is joining our show and like I couldn't be happier. I think it's such a cool thing to have like the world's most famous amphibian voicing like a character on this show. So it's 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 pretty exciting to see him. I don't want to give too much away about the character that he's playing, but it's very cute. That's really cool because I, I love the synergy kind of behind the scenes too. I've I've talked to those guys a number of times from Big City Greens and they've all they're always crazy and got a ton of energy and I love that if they had an idea that maybe wouldn't have worked for their show but they're like hey <laughs> you could take this idea and run with it yeah no that's great yeah totally and not only that but like we did a piece where like Kermit was like a frog consultant on the show okay. uh, and like he came in and we filmed him and he even had a bit where he razzed our our casting department and was like Fozzie was a voice like why aren't I a voice I'm Kermit the frog and it was like wow I can't believe it this this guest starring role actually has some like lore behind it you know what i mean that's really funny is that the kind of stuff like could we is that going to be an outtake is that going to be a, a side youtube series is that going to be anything that fans would see because i know you amphibia has a bunch of kind of uh shorts and clips and and side stories too that's going to continue in season two and beyond right yes and that kind of content the stuff that you're talking about right now like we have uh, a team that is is sort of dedicated to it and they're always looking for those wonderful opportunities to bottle up those little moments definitely uh one that was mentioned in the press release is uh chibi tiny tales now as an anime fan i love chibi stuff i love that it kind of exists to begin with it's just a super fun and cute way to tweak existing properties i don't know that western and american audiences are super familiar with it so what can you maybe tease about uh, amphibia's part to play in chibi tiny tales yeah for sure so like you know uh chibi is something that like as an anime fan is kind of ubiquitous where you're like yeah yeah i you know super deformed or or whatever uh sd gundam uh but like you know, uh, the chibi shorts were brought to me at a time where, like, I would say I was at max bandwidth a little bit. And so I saw the idea and was like, this is great, super cute, and kind of gave my blessing to kind of, like, 
go do with it what you will. And then when I saw them at the end, I was like, these are adorable. And you guys did like a great job with the characters. Um, very respectful. The, the, the head writer for that stuff, his name's uh, Dan Siegel. Um, and he's a really great guy. He's a big fan of the show. And you know, when like someone, like you can tell that they've watched the episodes, like they've watched the show and they understand the characters. That's the feeling I got from those shorts where I was like, oh, the team behind this, like they really respected what we did. And like, for me, like that's a huge compliment. And I really love how they turned out. Definitely, because it's not just they didn't look at a poster and be like, okay, we can we yeah. can cheapify these. We, yeah, you know, yeah. They actually get the humor, which I think honestly, even from just the season two episode, you know, again, not to get into spoilers, but if I happen to see a guy who's a dragonfly picked him up and he's still cruising, like that kind of humor and the editing and just a lot of superlatives uh, for the show. So I'm, I'm thrilled that it's back and we're getting back into it. But before I run out of time with you today, uh, season one left off with a pretty significant, I wouldn't, you could technically call it a, a cliffhanger or a bridge hanger, I guess, for a moment. But uh, are we going to get to see more exploration of that kind of big behind the scenes clash and conflict in season two? Do you guys explore those kind of bigger ongoing stories a bit more? Yes. So great question. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, for season one, we had one double length episode, which was the finale reunion. Season two has four. Whoa. Yeah. So like... That's, that's where it's like, oh, I'm a little just too excited about everything. Like, I don't want to like give anything away, but like, we've got a lot of really fun twists and turns coming. We're leaning more into that kind of like world building Legend of Zelda aspect of the show. I know season one had a very particular like uh, flavor and focus, which for me, I would like, I would die on that hill arguing that like, you have to love these characters and to love them, you have to see them doing ordinary things like getting yogurt and stuff. Like you need to know them at their, at their base, at their core, so that we can like take that baked bread and like go on a real adventure together. That's sort of the hope and the dream anyway. I will say that watching your characters kind of go on a road trip adventure and enjoy ice cream at the same time is also delightful too. So now I love those little like slice of life moments that really make it, it, it makes them feel alive, makes them feel like real exactly living beings and characters again before i run out of time with you i i'm sure with season three already announced you're super busy behind the scenes getting everything ready not just for this rollout but for the next one as well but do you have anything else kind of cooking at the moment anything else creatively going on or is all your time kind of sunk into amphibia right now so you know i'm always like dreaming up new projects and like i've already got like some sort of stuff i'm really excited about like you know, post Amphibia, I would love to develop a feature, like something in the vein of a Studio Ghibli film. I feel like that space right now is like not really filled. You know what I mean? And it's it's hard to explain what I mean by that, but like, it's something that like, I'm always thinking about. I also would like, love to like, try developing a video game, like an indie game. That's something that like, you know, you play something like Undertale, which one person made and you're like, this is like, a staggering work <laughs> you know what i mean like and it's the kind of it was so inspiring like i remember like it's it's almost too beautiful uh, it's like too good so that that kind of stuff does really excite me and i'm always like thinking about that um i am pretty pretty busy right now <laughs> but like it is the kind of thing where it's like yeah like you can't help but dream of like what your next thing is absolutely well, I'm speaking with and for the fans out there when i say i hope we get to see all of that uh, and more in the years to come um Again, probably my last question for you today. What would you like to say to the fans out there who have supported Amphibia so far? And what can you maybe tease uh, for something cool they get to see in season two? I would say, you know, most of all, I'm so grateful uh, for the patience of the fans. This was a 
this was a long hiatus, like almost almost a year exactly. And like I I you know the limitations of production and all that. Um, I'm really excited that we're airing weekly this year so that there won't be such a long hiatus. I think that people are going to really enjoy the experience more. Um, but also just like, you know, there are, there are some big, big asks I have seen from the fans online and I don't want to be coy, but I will just say that I feel like almost all of them are going to come true. <laughs> wow. Even maybe that, that missing shoe out there. Uh, hmm, no, not that one. <laughs> that <laughs> no, that's one. too big of an ask. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing I have to dig my heels in on. Literally, that's a nice pun. <laughs> yeah, 